This is Proxy Countdown. Welcome to the big show for the week of December 18th. Alongside my tag team partner, Matt Muscardi. I'm Damian Rollis on today's run on today's countdown. Another CEO is going to jail. Boo. Two notable pre-Christmas Golden Hello Again awards for CEOs that sell radios and tasers. The ongoing proxy cage fight at Disney. Lazy shareholders at 1-800-Flowers. And a big vote at America's second most folksy company. Let's start with our trade wire top stories. Uh, Nicola, 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 Nicola founder, former CEO Trevor Milton was sentenced to four years in prison for defrauding investors of the electric and hydrogen powered truck maker. Uh, Milton was found guilty last October on two counts of wire fraud and one count of securities fraud. So Matt, it's not just women going to jail for fraud, perpetrating Although fraud Although it was CEOs. Milton's lawyer who blamed Elizabeth Holmes, who said, Trevor Milton is not as bad as Elizabeth Holmes, and that's why he should not He should get a lighter sentence. That was Milton's lawyer. Last week, the Nikola board appointed Jonathan Perchik, CEO of Travel Centers of America. Is he a Milton antidote or something? I, w- I wonder if the timing is significant. He- He's not a Milton antidote. In fact, what he what he is, what it is, is pure discrimination on the part of Nikola's board. And this is discrimination against dudes with hair. Steve Gursky, who's the CEO who took over for Milton, he has 51% of the influence. He bats an all-time low of 0.062 overall. 0.062. 0.500 is the average director, 500 batting director. He actually was the funder behind the fraudster Milton. He won the lottery getting to run this company as Milton goes to jail, but it turns out he's straight up racist against hair. Not only is this board 88% male, they only could find one woman to put on the board, but it's 63% bald. And the academic research actually shows that people bond with people who look like them faster. And Gursky took that to heart. He's only looking for bald men to add to the board. And John Perchik fits the bill. Can we just find one woman to break up the bald boys club here? Or just a man with beautiful hair. Either way, I'll settle. And uh, another top story, sadly, another director has died. Techogen board member Fred Hollabaugh. In new directors, Johnson & Johnson added Best Buy director Eugene Woods. Union Pacific appointed former Army Colonel and Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security John Tien. So think twice, Matt, if you're planning a big train robbery. My heist is off. My heist is off. Hyatt Hotels appointed Bath and Body Works director Alessandro Bogliolo. Alessandro is the former CEO at Tiffany's. This guy just oozes soft skin and high thread counts and blood diamonds. Really, the, wow. this is the luxury man right there, Alessandro. You put him on the high. I'm going nowhere but Hyatt now. I'm just going to roll around in rubies. And finally, Lidos Holdings appointed FedEx director and retired Vice Admiral Nancy Ann Norton. So two milita- former military people 
appointed to boards at the Fortune 500 companies. I will say this about that. I was told by an insider that when you see a military person on the board, if it is not a defense manufacturer of some kind, mm -hmm. the reason why they're adding them is they're a guaranteed rubber stamp vote for the CEO. These are not people who are there to make waves. They're there to effectively say thank you and be a part of the process. Now, that might be unfair, but that was told to me by an insider, so I'm always dubious of it. In executive changes, HP is making a switch at CEO. CFO, replacing Marie Myers with Tim Brown. Marie lasted less than three years. Matt, average CFO tenure in the Fortune 500 is less than five years. Which is probably not a good sign <laughs> if you're a succession planner. Angela Arman is the new CEO at Kilroy Realty. On top of a welcome package that includes $4 million, she is receiving... $15,000 per month for temporary housing, $200,000 in relocation fees, and it's a new one to me, quote, any deposits or tuition for private schools for her children for the current school year that cannot be recovered, end quote. Wow. It's very so specific. Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that and that negotiation was what I, my kids are already enrolled in the school. I can't get the money back. Can you refund me for it? But we're talking about she just got a four million dollar welcome package. The twenty thousand dollars you spent to send your kid to private school seems like the least of your concerns, doesn't it? Former CEO and the founder's son, John. Kilroy Jr. will remain as chair. So have fun with that, Angela. Okay. John Jr., bear with me, Matt, will receive a $92,000 a month consulting fee until the annual meeting and then will receive $80,000 per month consulting fee. Don't you just Job's love, done. Don't you love the needless precision there? Also, <laughs> I like this. The monthly consulting fee will increase by $15,000 in certain circumstances where John Jr. no longer receives administrative support from the company. So does that mean What's that if administrative he... administrative support? Right. So if he loses access to the fax machine, they'll give him $15,000 in cash. Yeah. Somebody like no longer transfers his calls for him. Then he gets an extra 15K. Wait, there's more. John Jr. is also getting a $16 million golden parachute and he will get $70,000 more just to stay on the board until the meeting. After the meeting, he will receive full director pay, which is about $300,000. All this despite currently holding about $70 million in company equity. I'm exhausted. Wait a minute. Back that truck <laughs> yeah. up. He's getting $70,000 retainer to stay to hang on the around board, until to the just meeting. hang around. But he's also getting a $92,000 a month consulting uh, absolutely. fee until the meeting absolutely. where he still gets $80,000. What's the retainer for? <laughs> What are we What are we paying for? What kind of performance are we getting out of this guy? This is why you should take the data seriously of who controls the influence on the board. John Jr., the founder's son, controls 50% of the influence at Kilroy. And there Royalty. it is. And There's your answer. And at Booking Holdings, uh, they have a new CFO, Ewat Steenburgen. He's getting a golden hello of $9 million in equity, $1 million in cash just to show up. 
let's just say if CFOs are turning over at the rate that you're saying in less than five years, a golden low for a CFO seems like a pretty bad deal. Well, you're not recouping that money. I, I, I don't, if you notice, the average tenure of a CFO in the Fortune 500 is about the period, about the vesting period for most of these golden hello awards, about five years. Cash out, baby. Cash in, cash out. This is like player transfers in the NBA. Uh, other notable board resignations include board chair Robert Spurry at Mettler Toledo. Bob is a powerful dude in our database. He controls 41% of board influence at Bicetronic, 37% at Mettler Toledo, and 21% at Sonova. Former PayPal CEO Dan Schulman has left the building. Current CEO Alex Chris can wear whatever he wants now to the board meetings. According to reports... Oh. The PayPal board bungled the succession process, which officially began last January when Dan Schulman announced his retirement. But he is gone. He's off the board, completely gone from the company. Uh, uh, and finally, Catherine Minyard stepped down at Oventiv. She's been on the board for two years but something tells me that when she saw our data and the fact that she controls 0.2% of influence, she suffered an existential crisis. Yikes, 0.2%. And finally, in our uh, trade wire, we got a few money stories to relay. Uh, it's golden hello again season. So Matt, a golden hello award is what you get when you are hired. A golden hello again, which I think Paul Hodgson coined the phrase, is when you just they say hello again with more money for no apparent reason. So uh, at Sirius XM Radio, CEO Jennifer Witz is getting $17 million in options, $3 million restricted shares, $13 million in performance shares. She's getting use of a company car. She's getting 30 hours of jet use. And she's also getting a raise, Matt, up to $2 million in base salary. Again, she's already been CEO. This is just a, a little extra something for Jennifer Witz. And... At Axon Enterprise, a company that makes tasers, CEO Patrick Smith received a one-time grant of a hundred worth $150 million in something I've never heard of before, something called Exponential Stock Units, XSU. So he's getting $150 million just for sticking around. Yeah, XSUs were modeled after Elon Musk's there pay package from 20, what was that, 17, 2018? So basically now we're modeling uh, pay packages for someone who makes tasers after the, the richest man in the world. Let's move on to our proxy cage matches. Big news this week comes out of the proxy battle at Disney versus Tryon. Tryon finally announced its nominees to Disney's board. Uh, two nominees. First, there's Tryon's own founder and CEO, Nelson Peltz. And then there's Disney's former CFO, Jay Rasulo. So, so two nominees to the board there at Disney. Look, this is the ultimate troll to Iger. There is nothing more trolly than this. these picks, right? So first of all, Pelt said he has a, quote, unparalleled performance as a director. He is literally paralleled, according to our data. He bats <laughs> overall 0.501. He bats 501. 
The average director bats 500. He <laughs> is the average director, even as TSR is 537, which is almost exactly average. Pelt should be busying himself removing his son from the Wendy's board before tossing out things like, quote, leadership succession as one of his core skills. This is not, he's not putting on a, an all-star performer. What he is is an activist putting himself on. That's what that is. Meanwhile, Rasulo, mm -hmm. who is the second um, uh, uh, Jay Rasulo was Disney's former CFO. Rasulo stepped down or was pushed out after he was passed over for Iger's succession planning in 2015. In fact, Rasulo was replaced by Christine McCarthy, who's now left Disney, but who staged the coup against Bob Chapek and brought Iger back this in the past year. This is a troll by Peltz. The losses in, uh, in, in streaming and Disney's losses and underperformance in, in movies, the linear television losses, Rasulo's background was in parks, not in any of those things. And he was Chapek before there was Chapek. Peltz says he wants to, quote, get back to the way it was, but totally ignoring the fact that Netflix exists now and ESPN used to be a cash cow, but no one watches TV anymore. And Disney's big innovation at parks at the time was a wristband that allowed you to wait for three hours for a ride instead of four. This isn't about performance savvy. This is about a guy that Iger passed over who probably is still sour grapes about it, getting put on a board by an activist. He could have named anyone. He could have found someone on the Netflix board. He could have found someone like Jack Ma. He could have found someone in AI or, or, or tech. Imagine if he were, reached out to the Apple board and said, you guys are using the Vision Pro. Disney's going to make that a centerpiece of our of our deep diving experience. Of the future. No, what he wants is a blast from the Michael Eisner past. This is the stupidest bunch uh, like of activism I've seen. He had a chance to do something pretty cool here. But now I'm vote against Pelts. Vote against them. This is not great. Let's move on to our vote results table. Two stories to update you on. Let's start with a company we talked about last week, Palo Alto Networks, where ISS and Glass Lewis were targeting pay. And Glass Lewis was also targeting directors Aparna Bawa and Lorraine Tuhill, two women there. So here are the results from that vote. Say on pay failed decisively. Only 38% of shareholders said yes. However, both of the directors targeted by Glass Lewis were reelected with about 86% of the vote. Quick question for you. Did the anyone on the pay committee get a negative vote? Uh, I, I believe that n no. I mean, one of those women was on the pay committee, so but show whichever it is, she got about 86% of the yes vote. So we hate the pay, but love the people who said it. Only four directors up for a vote at Palo Alto Networks. They have a classified board. And at 1-800-Flowers, shareholders have decided they are either too busy or don't like to be bothered, or both, as they have decided to punt their annual say-on-pay vote to every three years. A full 95% of shareholders that 1-800-Flowers have decided that reading the company's pay report every year is just too much of a burden. I mean, it's really hard to, you know, read the, the what, 700 words about do you I, approve pay or not it, every it, year. It made so. me think about my own life. Well, what am I doing? I read, these, <laughs> I read these pay reports daily. I don't know why they can't <laughs> once a year. All right, let, Matt, let's move on to the big vote. 
company in focus today is what I'm calling potentially America's second most folksiest company. There, Berkshire Hathaway, without a doubt, at least until Warren Buffett dies, is absolutely America's darling folksiest company. In fact, it, they are so true to who they are that even when you go to their website, it, it is... It is not a website. It looks like it's from 1974. It is basically 17 hyperlinks. That That's how true they are to their folksy uh, roots. But Costco might not be far behind. Costco has an annual meeting coming up January 18th, 2024. Before I, I ask Matt what he thinks about the board, let me give you a few highlights. Uh, no big ownership uh people to know about here at Costco. Vanguard controls 9%, uh, BlackRock 7%, but there's no one else other than that. Overall, you talked about performance with some of the other companies today. Overall, Costco bats 389, which is low, right? Below the average of 500. Below average, sure. Uh, What really stands out is earnings, where they're hitting 166. However, and shareholder return, which is the interesting part, they're actually hitting 624, which is high. So yeah, they, so it's strong. They tell a good story at Costco, and it clearly has an effect on the market. There is a big CEO succession happening at Costco. COO Ron Vacris uh, has been elected to succeed Craig Jelenic. This is going to happen on January 1st. And the other big news is that Charlie Munger, the aforementioned Berkshire Hathaway, Charlie Munger, a longtime director at Costco, passed away last month. So that, again, another connection to Berkshire and why I think Costco might be the second focusiest company. So that, so that's the background at Costco. Well, I, I'll, and I'll add to that background just a little bit here um, that uh, it looks like CEO X now... Future ex-CEO Craig Jelenic mm-hmm. is staying on the board also. Um, this is not a company, to your folksy point, this is not a company that pivots. Even their website looks like um, a, a steel box that sells 300-pound jars of pickles. It is Grandpa's Cheap Bulk Goods Warehouse. It, That's it is what it is. Firmly ensconced in a brick-and-mortar world, right? I, I don't believe they even have an online retail that I know of. Well, they were at, they do have e-commerce, and it does bring in some of their money. And um, in fact, the the SKUs that they have, uh, they I think they had fourteen thousand in the earnings um, uh, uh, call. They had fourteen thousand uh, uh, products effectively they're selling through e-com, and only four or five thousand in store. So they've okay. vastly like uh, they're selling vastly more products online mm-hmm. than in store. But the online experience is effectively the online experience from Amazon in 2004. I mean, we they haven't advanced. Coded by Charlie Munger. I think Munger was on the original coding team. They don't have plans to reduce, but they are heavily brick and mortar. The vast majority of their money comes from the brick and mortar, and they don't have plans to reduce energy costs. 79% of their warehouses they own, and Property is the largest, the largest, single largest asset on their balance sheet is property. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any real plan to reduce the energy costs of those warehouses. This is a company that mints cash by selling rubber chickens. They, they are inflation protection mm-hmm. for customers who are whenever there's a recession or even the hint of a recession or prices go up. What do you do? You go to Costco and you buy it in bulk, just Street, like you go to McDonald's. Yeah. Extremely Dollar loyal, General. 
extremely yes. loyal fan base, I will say, about Costco. And they're, as part of that, they're selling cheap gas that consumers don't actually realize they are subsidizing with the cost of their subscription plan. So it's not exactly cheap gas. They're, you sell exclusivity to the club that offsets the cost of the cheap gas and the cheaper bulk items, right? So Costco isn't vastly different from Walmart in that respect, except they have exclusivity going for them. Mm -hmm. What makes them different is while Walmart is a family-run firm and you think of the Waltons, you don't know who to think of at Costco. The who True. is what makes it different. Yeah. And this is why Munger loved them, because it's actually not a company run by their CEO. It's run by their longtime CFO, Richard Galanti. The CEO doesn't even show up to the earnings calls anymore. Like, it's only Galanti. All okay. year it's been Galanti doing G it. Galanti's been on the board since 1995, since the Clinton administration. He's 28-year tenure. He, he He's second only to Hamilton Tony James, who has a 34-year tenure on this board. Yeah, Hamilton the James is, is the directors. chair. Hamilton James is the chair. He was formerly the lead independent director. Been on the board since the since the Bush senior administration. Here is an exchange. If you want to know how the board thinks, how Galanti thinks, and they and they move, this is an exchange. I'll I'll quote from an earnings call. Um, this is their March earnings call. This is Costco's view of the future. Scott Mushkin, who's an analyst, asks, and just curious, and maybe this is a silly question: What happens with the gas business, especially in California, with the push to EVs? And Richard Galanti, the CFO, been there for 28 years, says it's a long road ahead. We only have 11 car washes, so we have plenty of room for car washes 30 years from now. But at the end of the day, we think it's a very long road. It's not happening in the next few years. And the fact that we're still taking such market share relative to U.S. gas gallons in general is a positive. So I think it's a question that we can defer for five or ten years, frankly. That's how it. they're thinking. I, maybe I'm sucked into the folksiness of all this. Man, I find it hard not to love Costco by everything you're telling me. I, in fact, I, we were saying just yesterday that, that I don't think that CEOs should be allowed to dominate their boards here. And you're telling me this is a board not dominated by its CEO. Well, it's also I think it screws with like our stats a little bit. Okay. I, I I measured the old school influence on this board, and this is all the directors who have been there for at least ten years. Mm -hmm. Tony James, thirty four years, and his name is Hamilton. Um, okay. th but he goes by Tony, like okay. Hamilton, Hamiltoni, Tony sure. James. Mm -hmm. um, Galanti, 28 years. Munger, who just died, was there for 26 years. Sue Decker's been there for 18, Jeff Rakes for 14, and um, Jelinek has been there for 13 years. That's old school influence of 52% of the board. Effectively, the old guard, right. um, who's largely insiders, are controlling the majority of the way this, this board runs. That doesn't even include the new incoming CEO, Vacris, who will go from a low percentage of influence because he's on the board currently to a much higher as a CEO. Our stats fail because we think Mary Wildrotter is the single most influential person on the board. Well, for potentially for good reason. When you say Maggie Wildrotter, she is a director of directors. Here is some yes. of the. Here is some of the. She's currently director at Sana Biotechnology, and she's chair at DocuSign. She was formerly CEO at Frontier Communications. Matt, she held directorships at Xerox. DreamWorks Animation, Cadence Design, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, 
Procter & Gamble Company and Lyft. And this is a, a well-accomplished director who literally knows every director in the universe. And let me ask you something. The companies you just listed include HP, Xerox. Mm -hmm. Like, um, these. can we think of any older school companies mm -hmm. than these companies? The, the the thought methodology I can think of, of one, directors. Procter & Gamble, and that's another one she sat on. <laughs> the thought, uh, Frontier Communications literally deals in, like, uh, they're the only ones wires. who offer hardline wires mm -hmm. still, phones. Like, th these are some of the oldest, like, institutions. It's Ma Bell. I mean, we're talking about, like, the, 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 the mid-late 1900s is where these companies come from that the director sat on. We do know this. Mm -hmm. So, we do know that the community concentration of these board members, meaning, it, you know, when you go on LinkedIn and it says, you know, Jim, you probably also know Jane. We use that same math on the directorships across the entire globe of directors. We know that 91% of the directors on this board belong to the same community. Only one sits outside them, and that's John Stanton. We know that 45% of the board is connected to one another through first or second degrees on other boards. We think that this board type is democratic, but we know that it's deferential to management, giving the power of Galanti on this board. He has lived through, this will be his third CEO in his tenure. He's been CFO almost the entire time with these three CEOs. We know that 79% of the players on this board are rotation players. They're not actually high performers. We know what they do really, really well. These directors pay dividends they bat 827 paying dividends. They are some of the biggest dividend payers of any directors in our database. And they also like paying the CEO. 336, they're high paying uh, directors. Those are the two things they do well, dividends and CEO. They are greasing the palms of shareholders and management. And the result is uh, they are crushing for TSR. They are crushing every competitor. But here are my game time picks. All right. For the, so for the board, Matt's picks for who you should vote in and vote out. First of all, Hamilton James. I, if, I can't get over the, that his nickname is Tony. It's like board if you chair nickname, Tony James. Yeah. If you, if you like nickname King Charles Little Chucky, right? Like <laughs> Hamilton James. He went to Choate, Harvard. He's an mm -hmm. investment banker. He was at Blackstone. He's basically the trustee of every New York City institution. He's worth $3 billion. And he's going with Tony. Tony James. Come on. <laughs> Street cred. Come on, Tony. Are, are um, you targeting Tony James to vote out? He's been on the board I again know, since George Bush Sr. I know the board likes to keep it OG, but 38 years for a non-founder, mm -hmm. a non-founder is incredibly rare. It's time to vote against James. He's also it's no time. notably might be one of the few directors not tied to the Seattle area. Correct, which is my second recommendation. Mm -hmm. Seattle royalty rules here. This is an Issaquah-based, which is a, a, a city outside of just outside of Seattle. Okay. Issaquah-based company. 46% um, of the influence on the board is Seattleites. Either they live there, they, are, they have their names on buildings there, they're on boards there, they are heavy Democratic donors. They Sally own their Jewel, baseball teams, the Seattle Mariners They do, owner. they actually own the Mariners. Sally Jewell was interior um, for Obama. Tony James is actually a, an Obama donor and was offered the Commerce Secretary role. And there's three insiders on the board. Whether or not they mint money, Break up the guaranteed votes of the Seattle royalty and the insiders. I think you vote against Jelinek. The man was the CEO. We do not need no. 
an ex-CEO, a current CEO, a 38-year tenured chair, a 28-year a tenured CFO on the board. Mm -hmm. Get rid of somebody, people. <laughs> okay. Vote against Jelinek. So Get vote against off. Tony James and Jelinek. Anybody else? That's my picks. Okay. Get them off. All right. That's the that's the board the board vote there at Costco. Let's move on to say on pay. Matt, the most notable, 95% said yes in 2022. You made some reference to CEO pay, but I, can I just tell you this? To uh, Again, this is maybe all the proof you need for why this is the second most folksy company in America. The compensation discussion and analysis section at Costco, it, does, it barely exists. I know, yeah. It's number one peer company listed in the proxy is Walmart. Walmart their discussion runs over 30 pages of <laughs> at Costco. That's it's five pages and, and there's no, no charts, no nothing. It's just, it's just some bland folksy, uh, pay talk. That's it. The entire proxy is like that. We want to know who's on the committees. You have to read like the paragraph. It's part, that of, says, it's part of the text, right? It's part it, of the, the narrative. And I, I mean, I, it's 2023. And I will say this, that whatever the formula is, the average pay over the last three years for Craig Jelinek has been about $12 million. The average pay for Walmart CEO Doug McMillan has been about $25 million. So, hey, it, the folksiness might be working a little no, bit in shareholders' let's favor. Not, don't gloss over the fact that Jelinek has $258 million worth of shares that vest on his retirement. I'm not sure he's exactly hurting for pay. And I, I, they're, they're making it in other ways. And to add to the folksiness at pay at Costco, I will say that all the named executive officers at Walmart, at Walmart <laughs> received corporate jet benefits. At Costco, their big benefit was $120 for an executive membership card. This Don't be fooled by this folksy thing. What's folksy your say thing? on pay, Matt? What's your vote on pay at vote, Costco? I, look, I'm voting for pay. I'm voting for oh. pay. Mostly because like, there's they, if you're an investor in this company, they have given you exactly what you want, which is the TSR. And you are getting much very worse high, from other, uh, other executives, right? Right. So like you vote for in this case, but don't fall for this folksy bullshit. $120 well, executive membership card, but $258 million Matt, worth of shares that vest when he retires. Honestly, for no, honestly any change. Where I disagree best. with you is I think the folksy bullshit at Costco is the narrative that is driving its high shareholder right. return. Great. It's driving it's returns, but but I'm saying investors, you're smarter than that stupid narrative. Don't buy the fact that all he gets is $120 executive membership card. Even our they, number <laughs> even our number on. one anti-consumer in our office, Jen, Jesse the Money Whisperer, she talked to me about for an hour yesterday about how much she loves Costco. I don't get it. Everybody, I don't get Costco. I, I don't Costco. understand it. Everybody loves Finally, Costco. there is another there's an anti-woke, anti-ESG shareholder proposal up for vote at Costco's meeting. Uh, in January. This is from our friends at the National Center for Public Policy Research. It has one of the stupidest names for proposal I've seen recently, Fiduciary Carbon Emission Relevance Report. Ooh, fiduciary's in there, though. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think about this, Matt? What do you, how are you voting on this anti-ESG proposal? Look, this is an easy vote against. This is a so stupid shareholder proposal. It has one of the best circular arguments of all time. It claims, um, here's it. Here's what they say, they, uh, that claims for, about the need for decarbonization at all, especially by some blah, 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 are based on long series of assumptions that are either counterfactual or insufficiently examined. So they go first against the, the need to decarbonize. For decades, for instance, claims been made that action must be taken before some date or it will be too late. 
if those claims are right, it's too late for decarbonization to matter now. So we should be building up economic resources to deal with climate change. If they're wrong, <laughs> then the odds are high that current claims are also wrong. So basically yeah. they're saying like, you should do nothing because if we're right, it's too late. And if we're wrong, um, uh, then it, we were always wrong, right? It doesn't matter. The board actually said this, though. This is mm -hmm. my takeaway. When you have a board full of people who have been there since the Bush administration, Bush this is senior. the way they think about climate change. Mm -hmm. They said, um, uh, uh, quote, the board and the company also have noted that the plan, and this is meaning their carbon reduction plan, and others like it, will not now prevent the impacts of global warming, which every day are more evident. Wow. The world is now instead in a state of attempting to mitigate and adapt to these impacts. The real That reality, however, means that efforts should be enhanced, not abandoned. Wow. They strong, have already said language. it's over. Strong language, it's over. Though. We Still, lost. We, lo okay. we lost the climate change. How are you voting? How are you voting? Vote against. Uh, that's it. That's uh, uh, Let me wrap up the Costco uh, vote recommendations, and then we'll wrap up the show. Matt says a vote against chair Tony James and former CEO as he'll be former CEO uh, as of next uh, week after the after the New Year's. That's Craig Jelenic. Matt's voting yes on say on pay and a big no against the anti-woke, anti-ESG shareholder proposal from the National Center for Public Policy Research. That's the proxy countdown for the week of December 18th, 2023. Join us next week, I believe, when we jump back into the alternative democracy pool forever on the lookout for shareholder sharks, floating band-aids, and wayward.